This is Live from the Table, the official podcast of New York's world-famous Comedy Cellar, coming to you on Sirius XM 99, Raw Dog, and also via podcast on Riotcast. And we have a a particularly interesting episode today. We're going to uh, discuss and um, analyze very, uh, what's the word, Uh, meticulously the um, Ahmaud Arbery case. And we have with us two attorneys to help us do that. Lauren Zimmerman and Andrew Fleischman. Noam, of course, is also not an attorney, but has a legal background, as do I. And Perial Ashenbrand is here to add her unique uh, offbeat flavor to the discussion. And <laughs> I'll leave it to you, Perial, to give the introductions of our attorneys. Okay. Da, 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 da. Go ahead. Lauren Zimmerman has been representing those accused of serious crimes for 21 years, both in the state and federal courts. He has acquitted people of crimes ranging from murder to rape and reverse convictions in the appellate court. He has been quoted in numerous newspapers, including the New York Times, Washington Post, Atlanta Journal, Constitution, and the Miami Herald, to name just a few. And his Good. Sorry. You want to interrupt me no, already? I, I just want you to read the whole, the whole long. Keep it brief, Barrio. Yeah. Uh, this he, is brief. I see him. On, I seen him on court TV. He's, yeah. He's, so he's, his he's, numerous television appearances include Good Morning America, The Today Show, Anderson Cooper, CBS Morning News, and CNN. Period. The end. He's one of those hey, go-to guys on the law. Now, and Andrew Fleischman. You, you forgot. I got an Emmy Award too for the local news for the Southeast region, though, not a national Emmy. All right, show off. Andrew and Andrew Fleischman. Andrew Fleischman is an attorney, is an appeals attorney for Ross and Pines in Atlanta, Georgia. He specializes in assisting the wrongfully or unfairly convicted, and he has placed several clients on the National Registry of Exonerations. Nice. I didn't know there was such a registry, but uh, And I would just like to say that um, it's been a long time since I've seen Noam this excited for two guests really i'm happy to have i'm happy to have an intelligent conversation i, I do want to say at the top because my wife gave me a hard time and periel did as well my wife is a person of color and we have no uh person of color on this um panel and i think we will we hopefully we'll we will do another podcast which go delves into the um structural racism so, sociological implications of all this but um, this is hopefully going to st- stay on on the legal side. And I read a lot of people's opinions about this. And these two attorneys seem to both be people who cared about social justice, who devoted a lot of effort to social justice, and were also very um, pithy and articulate uh, and knowledgeable people on the law. So that's why I I I, I wanted them, and and Andrew wrote an article about um, this as well. If I I read so much stuff, I think Andrew was the guy who wrote wrote the article, and and Lawrence Zimmerman was on Court TV and um, CNN maybe also as well. Not recently, yeah. So apologies in advance. Okay, so listen, this is what I want to do. I want to go through. It may take you know uh, some minutes to go through the details of what we know so far about the case, because I believe that the devil will be in the details of this. And I feel like most of the conversations I've had about this with people are almost a waste of time because they don't know key details. They don't know what the law is. So people are really having a kind of gut conversation about what they feel should not have happened as opposed to a conversation of 
what is likely to happen in a courtroom. So let me go through it. And I'm going to, I am, believe me, I don't want to leave out any key details. So if I have left something out that anybody thinks is crucial, don't think it's by design, please jump in and, and add it to the, the mix. I want to be um, as fair as any human being can be here in presenting it so that we, so that we do it right. So it's a high bar. Okay. Yeah, well, um, so yesterday we found out a little more news. And so the story really starts at least as back as on February 11th, maybe further back. On February 11th, um, this is according to Atlanta Journal Constitution, motion sensors ping the property owner of Larry, Larry English, who's having his house built. He texts his neighbor, Diego Perez, who is a Pacific Islander who lives two doors away. Perez goes to check it out. Uh, Gregory, who is the dad, and Travis, who is the son, who later on is, is the one who shot um, or Arbery, drive up from the other direction. And uh, Diego interestingly tells Atlanta, the, the, the newspaper, that he didn't know McMichaels, which is strange to me because they live on the same street. So I have, so let me share my screen here. And it's this is what they um, say. So it says, Travis saw him in the yard uh, and Travis stopped, Perez told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution on Tuesday. He confronted the man halfway into the yard. He said the man reached for his waistband and Travis got spooked and went down the road. When Michael returned, his father, Gregory Michael, was with him and armed, said Perez, who added the elder McMichael had called the Glynn County Police Department. Now, that turns out to be true because just in the last couple hours, we actually have the the call to the police department. So let me, let me share it. I want to make sure I share the audio. So I'm going to do it one more time. Um, so now to, just to let you know, I, I took this audio, there was a lot of dead space. So I, I edited out the dead space to try to condense it. I did not edit out any details. Um, I don't think it changes the way the audio feels in any way, but I invite anybody who's worried about it. They can go on YouTube and hear it with the long audio spaces. So here we go. If you can't hear it, tell me, let me know. Nine one one, what's the address of your emergency? Uh Satilla Drive, two thirty, Satilla Drive. What's going on? We got a uh we've had a string of burglaries. Um I was leaving the neighborhood and I just caught a guy running into a um, house being built, two houses down from me. Um, when I turned around, he took off running into the house. Okay. What did he look like? Uh, it's a black male, red shirt, white shorts. And you said the house is being built? It's being built, yes ma'am, it's vacant right now. He is in the house. What's your name and phone number, sir? Travis McMichael. All right. Where are you at now? I am sitting right across the street in my truck, watching the house. Watching the house with it right now, right here at the okay. Are You okay? Yeah, yeah. When I it just startled me, um, when I turned around, when I turned around and saw him and backed up, he reached into his pocket and ran into the house. So I don't know if he's armed or not. Um, but he looked like he was acting like he was, so, uh, you know, be mindful of that. Okay. 
Which pocket did he reach into? Uh, left, I believe. Okay. And now, so 230 is the vacant lot address? It's, no, it's my address. I do not it's your address? It's, in, it's probably okay. 228 or 226. Might be 226? Possibly. How many houses down is it from yours? It's two towards the highway. He's got, I guess he doesn't realize we're here. He's got the damn lights on right now. He's got a flashlight going through the house. And does he? Okay. You just stay where you're at so that the officers will know. Will do. We'll okay. Do. And I'll stay on the line with you until they get there, just in case anything changes. Roger that. So you said he was a black male. Did he have hair on his head? Any other features you can tell me about? I couldn't tell. Okay. Uh, he, was, he just looked like short hair. Okay. Was he tall, short? Yeah, he was tall. Probably about six foot. Okay. There's the neighbors, I guess that's one of the other neighbors saw it. Um, there's about four of us over here around it right now. Okay. So what happened when you first saw him? He's trying he to look behind a bush. Okay. He, tried to, he was coming through somebody's yard and I looked back. And, uh, and, uh, he was trying to sneak behind a bush and he, when I drove on by, he got behind a uh, portal that they had here. And, uh, when I backed up, he looked at me. I, I went ahead and backed up to the road, and he reached in his pockets. I kind of watched him, and he ran off into the house, and then stepped back out and went back into the house, and that's when I, that's when I called, called y'all. Okay. Well, we've been having a lot of burglaries and break-ins around here lately, mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, I had a pistol stolen January 1st, actually, and... Uh, you know, he, he's, I've never seen this guy before in the neighborhood. And we've been kind of keeping an eye, and, you know, sure enough, there's one, you know, right. through the yards, you know. All right, so that's that. And I should add that TMZ um, had this detail that uh, he had initially described the man as light-skinned, and he's, he's not apparently light-skinned. However, I, I do have here... A, um, the, the, um, it, it doesn't seem to be getting a lot of play, this light skin thing, that people seem to be accepting that it's him. But I, just, I do have these side-by-side -side, um, photos of, where is it? Uh, of these are the various um, security camera shots from different days here, here, and this is the one taken on the day that he was shot. And I, what I notice is the, the hair, um, Seems to me, but who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's a different guy. Okay, so we also we, a different outfit from the one that he described, right? He said red okay. shirt. You, you no, no, you can't tell because those are infrared. Uh, no, nighttime that candy. one's in color though. That's no, no, a white. That's not very Please, that's that's not that's not the one. This is from earlier days. Okay, and and there Same may be thing. other, and there may be other. Um, from the way they're describing it, there may even be other. I think I saw in one article that they said there may be four or five different. Uh, Instance, but at least we know we definitely have three here. So fast forward to the day of the incident, and um, we have a a nine one one call. We'll get we're all gonna we're gonna be through it soon. So the first nine one one call, I will play. I I could probably just share the. Oh no, I, I'll share the screen. So the first nine one one call that came in. 
It's always TMZ. They always get everything. I'm Brunswick Communications Operator Smith. Hey, you on the back to the school? Okay. Are you out here? There's a guy in the house right now. Is that house under construction? Okay, do you, do you have your address or the other, the other house's address? Uh, right at uh, 219 or 220, Cecilia Drive. And you said someone's breaking into it right now? No, it's, it's all open, it's under construction, and he's running right now. There he goes right now. Okay, what is he doing? He's running down the street. Okay. Okay, that's fine. I'll get them out there. I just need to know what he was doing wrong. Was he just on the premises and not supposed to be? And he's been caught on the camera a bunch before at night. Kind of an ongoing thing out here. The man that's building the house has got heart issues. I think he's not going to finish it. So. Okay, that's fine. And you said it was a male in a black t-shirt? A white t-shirt. Black guy, white t-shirt. And he's, he's done back runs. He's done running back to the neighborhood. Nine one one was the address emergency. Uh, I'm out here at Cecilia Shores. There's a black male running down the street. Cecilia, where, where, where at Cecilia Shores? I don't know what street we're on. Stop right there! Is it? Stop! Okay. No, I'm mute now. No, you're muted. No. Sir, hello, sir. Sir, where are you at? Okay, and then it just uh, stays silent for, 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 for all that time. So now I want to go over, just going to introduce the laws, and now you guys will get the, the experts in. Um, the, the, these are the, the laws that I think are going to be real. The Georgia trespass law, um, and it says enters a, is um, a person commits an offense of criminal trespass when he enters upon the land or premises of another uh, for the for an unlawful purpose. So that's my first question: Is this a criminal trespass or any of these criminal trespasses? Uh, whoever wants to go first. I mean, there's not can enough evidence. Don't know what his purpose was. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, there's just not enough evidence to say. Now, he might be a looky-loo. You know, if somebody walks into your front yard, you know, maybe their dog poops there and they're picking it up, that's theoretically a criminal trespass. And the reason we don't arrest everybody who does that, who walks in your front yard, is we require this unlawful purpose or notice that you can't be there. And so here we have somebody who's looking around at a construction site maybe once, maybe multiple times. We don't know for sure. But without the evidence of unlawful intent, you really can't say he committed the offense and you don't have all the elements. Oh, how could, oh, so let me ask you this. If I come home and find somebody in my premises, can they say to me, I'm just looking around. There's no crime here. I mean, if somebody is hung out, you know, they drank from your fridge or they're just hanging out on your couch watching TV. They're just looking around. pretty good. What? They're just looking around. I mean, are they in your, if they're in your home, they potentially broke in? No, like, I left the door open. 
you left the door wide open and somebody's in there, you tell them to get out. You may or may not have the unlawful intent element, but you certainly have the element. The second way of proving criminal trespass is you tell somebody to get the hell out and never to come back and they come back. You don't necessarily want criminal trespass to be something that's super easy to prove because in the course of just living your life, you're going to walk across a lot of people's properties. You might go into a business or an office building or anything else, and you don't want to be summarily arrested, right? So we give law-abiding citizens some benefit of the doubt, and you got to have some reason to think that entry is unlawful. Like, is he scoping out stuff to take that you can see in the video? Has he come in late at night? Does he have burglary tools? These are all the things you would use just in the common sense, you know, thinking about it to figure out if this is unlawful intent or he's just a guy looking around. Mr. Zimmerman, you, you agree with that? 100%. I mean, it's criminal trespasses. I mean, I mean, listen, it's one of the lowest level charges in the state of Georgia. And, you know, sure, walking to the house. I mean, I guess if you walk into someone's house and start drinking their milk, that could be a theft, which could turn into a burglary, right? Yeah. So it's, it's hard to infer intent when someone just walks in, especially just to an open construction house. I think it's what would a reasonable person believe and do in this case. I mean, it's, I think it's pretty common. I've seen a lot of people say, I, I walk into open construction houses all the time to check out the layout, see what kind of stuff is being put in. I Man, I used to do when I was a kid. I haven't done that as an adult, but I don't, does, walking into that house doesn't, does not necessarily rise to criminal trespass. I think, you know, if it was your house behind the big uh, gate, they got okay. past security, I think, I think they would much easier be a criminal trespass case. So now what about the fact in this first call, um, he refers to him having a flashlight um, and, um, and then also uh, you talk about kind of like warn somebody not to come again Would the fact that they kind of chased him away that time, presuming it's the same guy, would that mean that if he came again, uh, it would be a clear criminal trespass? So you can't warn people on other people's property not to go there, right? You can't tell your neighbor's boyfriend not to keep coming by. So his warning is irrelevant, and under the citizen arrest law, that's no longer his immediate presence. It's no longer the thing that he just observed that lets him make that citizen's arrest. Well, Andrew, can we back up for a second? Yeah. Let's pretend it was the same guy, and someone else comes by with flashlights and scares him off, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it possible he's on notice that he's not supposed to at least be in that house? Just the criminal trespass aspect, not to go there um, the next day? I'm not sure that you can give someone noticed to be on a property that's not yours. Uh, Because think about the consequences of that. Your white neighbor has a black boyfriend, you tell him not to come by. Should he be unnoticed then that he can't be there anymore? Um, You know, our criminal trespass law even has exceptions saying that like minor children can't invite people onto a property if the adults don't consent. So we have in mind this idea that it's like up to the property owner who gets there. And Larry English, he spoke to the media. He said nothing was stolen from the site. He didn't ever notice anything missing. We'll get there, but 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 let's let's be clear. Larry is the one who called. He got the ping and he asked the neighbor to go check it out. Diego, I mm-hmm. my gut would tell me that if I'm on vacation and my neighbor sees somebody walking around, probably says, "No, no, you can't be in here." Uh, I mean, I, I would think unless there's some other fact, like yeah, he doesn't know that I'm his friend or or something like that would. You can't just be like, as long as I'm not home, I can't stop any, I can't tell anybody to watch my place for me. That, that, that just, I don't think that pe- people are going to buy that in just an everyday common life. It seems. What do you make of me. somebody being in a house uh, at night, possibly with a flashlight? Does that sound to you instinctively like somebody just checking out a construction zone? If, um, 
or you know, being curious, or does that is there any is there any um, does that sound to you like anything other than just a curious uh, uh, passerby? Well, I mean, it's well as somebody who's a uh, when I was in my 13, 14, 15, and sixteen would consistently go into empty houses with a flashlight with friends. We weren't there to we didn't steal anything. We were still there to hang out and and have fun. But it doesn't sound like to me it's something lawful at night going in with a flashlight. I think, you know, it's open construction, so it's a little bit different than going into a closed house. But it certainly sounds suspicious to me. Let's just be honest. Let me add, I don't, you know, as someone who had built a house, um, there are plenty of reasons beyond stealing that you don't want somebody walking around your house. uh, Liability. Yeah, the liability is huge. And of course, there are, and it's dark, and it's not lit. It's not up to code. There's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's not a minor thing. Um, that might even be the main reason you wouldn't want somebody there, depending on what state a build the house is in. But at some point, there are light fixtures and expensive tools and and all sorts of things. So it's not, um, it's not, it's not the same as your home, but it's not like you know, what do you care if somebody's you know, in, in that place? You you so uh, anyway. So let's go. So then so then. And then the, I want to get this in the right order. Well, the next law, just to get them all out there, because they, they, I'm not sure what, if there's actually a proper order. The next law is about citizen's arrest. A private person may arrest an offender if the offense is committed in his presence or within his immediate knowledge. And that applies, as I understand it, to misdemeanors as well, because the next statement is if the, if the offense is a felony, then essentially you can, even on a suspicion, you can you can go after them. But if it's a misdemeanor, you have to have uh, immediate knowledge of the crime. So my question is, let's about this immediate knowledge thing. First of all, uh, he does have immediate knowledge. If, the, if this is a criminal trespass in the first 911 call on February 11th, that would be immediate knowledge, right? It seems like he saw the guy walking in and out of there. So that would, that, if it's a criminal trespass, he has immediate knowledge. But in the second call, the night that he's, that Arbery's killed, the day that he's killed, it doesn't seem like um, McMichael saw him going in and out of the premises with his own eyes. Can immediate knowledge extend back 13 days to the previous 911 call? Could he be, could he be doing a citizen's arrest for that misdemeanor two weeks ago? Andrew, you answer that one. Uh, no. Um, the, the idea is like you, you're you a shopkeep, right? Somebody comes into your store and you watch him put something in his pocket, right? Now in your immediate knowledge, you've got the offense of – you've got a misdemeanor offense and you tell him to wait there till the cops get there. That's your citizen's arrest. That's what Walmart will do. But you don't want to give citizens – and the law doesn't give citizens a freestanding right to just arrest people whenever. Now there's not really a case right on point to this. I can't point you to something at the Court of Appeals that says, hey – no, we don't because there's only like seven or eight cases dealing with citizen's arrest anywhere in Georgia. Um, but immediate knowledge or in your presence, typically, I would have a hard time believing that extends indefinitely. That for the rest of that person's life, they have to worry about you coming to detain them. Um, and also, uh, as far as the, the felony thing goes, the idea that you have the right to, to pursue, I don't think that gets rid of the immediate knowledge element of the, of the crime because you definitely don't want it to be the case that um, – you see somebody running down the street, and you can just suspect the burglar at that point. Maybe you have PC. He looks like somebody else committed a crime, and you can chase him down indefinitely. But that's just my view. What do you think? Right, but we're not we're not talking about a felony here. Is there any is there any plausible argument of a felony here? Well, there's not even 
where the lawyers previously said they don't even believe this to be a misdemeanor or a criminal trespass. If, if it's not a criminal trespass, that means it's no crime at all, or that just means it's a lesser crime. No crime. Well, let's be clear. element missing for both. Pardon? Yeah, I mean, we're, so, also, we're also we're also operating without all the facts, right? I'm sure there's I'm sure more stuff will come out at some point, but as we know right now, it looks like at at worst it's a criminal trespass. So let me tell you what doesn't what doesn't feel. Let me tell you what. Hold hold on. Let me tell you what doesn't feel right. I'm sorry. Tell me what doesn't feel right about what you guys are telling me. I mean, I think that the law is ridiculous. Don't get me wrong. I think it's just crazy that something like this could be permitted. It sounds like right out of the Middle Ages, but um, we agree. The old old West. but, But if if I saw somebody going in and out of my construction site last week. And there was video of him a few other times. And then the same dude is on the street and I see him running out of there and my neighbor saw him. Uh, I, I, it, I find it hard to believe that whatever rights I would have to pursue a trespasser, which maybe there are none, but whatever rights I would have, I, I find it be kind of like not common sense that, that I could have I could have done it yesterday, but I can't do it tomorrow. When it's a constant thing, we're on the lookout. All the neighbor he talks about. All the neighbors came out to watch. It's like they're 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 in a state of alert about this guy if it's the same guy every time. But isn't it relevant that it hasn't even been established that this is the same person? No, we're, we're talking hypothetically. We're assuming it's the same person. They we saw the no, pictures. Right. Presuming they can recognize him, you know, the, uh, as as a person they've recon- they can recognize, you know. But they haven't. It's, kind of, it's, kind of, it's almost. Now, it's almost. It's almost like what you're saying is that a, a white guy can't recognize a black guy. They all look alike to him or something. But I'm presuming he saw the guy, and that's the same guy he saw the last time and the time before. And then, and you know, um, that maybe not. Then, then nobody's denied. Uh, the family hasn't denied. They know this is out there. Denied that it's him. I mean, they they have denied. At the very least, they've denied that the man in the video from earlier was him. And Larry English also said it didn't look like the same guy to him. Oh, I didn't I, see it. Okay, that's a good fact. Go ahead. But, look at, but, just, but back to what the law says, whether we agree with it or not, and you know, it says within your immediate knowledge, immediate knowledge isn't 13 days before. The law was created, so if it was immediate now, you could, take, you could do something. With the criminal trespass, you saw somebody go in your house the day before, then you put up a sign saying, do not, no one allowed to enter this place ever again. You put up a warning. Now, next time he enters, now that absolutely is going to be charged with criminal trespass because he's been warned. That's a lot of times and that's, you that's, see, the, that's the remedy. What's that? Right. That's the remedy. You talked about the worry that, you know, if the law is this other way, then you can't tell people not to get on your property if you're not there. But you can put up prominent no trespassing signs. And at that point, you've probably given that per- person notice under the law. Is it, um, is it chasing him away uh, uh, equivalent? Well, can well, you invite I- someone to your neighbor's house? Well, he's saying because it wasn't the owner that chased him away, then it is not... That uh, is not uh, putting him on notice. Well, I mean, here's what I here's what I think. I think you're just sort of getting out into the weeds, and Andrew may disagree. But yeah, when, you're talk, when, when you when you talk about the first night someone chases him away, I think we may maybe infer unlawful intent if the same guy comes back because he's already been chased away. Whether that person who chased him away didn't have a right to tell him not to come back, he still comes back. Maybe we could then infer there's some unlawful intent because he's been told by somebody not to come here. And now he keeps coming back. What's his purpose? What's his lawful purpose? Well, the law specifically says, I'm, I'm looking it up now, 
After receiving prior to such entry notice from the owner, rightful occupant, or upon proper identification, an authorized representative of the owner or rightful occupant. So there are actually cases in Georgia where police officers tell people not to come back someplace. But without that authorization from the owner, they don't have the right to bar you from another property. Um, you can agree or disagree with the policy, but that's just what the law happens to say. Well, well what if, well, what if this guy had the right to tell him not to come back? What if he was just out there looking, taking care of his neighbor's property? Well, if he said the homeowner has told me that you can't come back here, that nobody else allowed here, then he would have received proper notice under the law. Uh, Counselor, right. isn't there, isn't there, isn't there some presumption that you can't go into somebody's home, even if they if they went away for a week and they forgot to lock the door, that you can't just go and and squat in their house. That just seems well. That would be unlawful intent, wouldn't it? I mean, if you started to right. look like you were living there, taking advantage. I mean, the law doesn't have black taking advantage of law is and you can throw facts at me that'll change the analysis. What? I, I'm, I'm saying taking advantage. I mean, like I would that, say the fact that I know. I know I can't just go, if my neighbor is stupid enough to leave for a week and forgets to lock the door, I, I'm quite aware that I just can't go in and out of there. I, I just can't believe there'd be some loophole that that's not illegal. Now maybe a construction site is different, but, and if I had ever been chased out of there once before, um, and, and found my, if, if that's what happened, and I was running away because somebody was trying to get me out of there at some point, and then I went back, I would not feel like I could assume this is perfectly legal. I don't know. What if your cell phone's dead and you, my, my Wi-Fi isn't working perfect all day except for now. I keep looking down and check my speed. Um, what, if, what if your cell phone's dead and you're hungry and you want to order a pizza and your neighbor's door is open? So you just went in, picked up their phone, made a call, ordered a pizza. I don't know if that's unlawful purpose. I mean, we don't, we don't like it. I mean, I don't want someone coming to my house to use my phone, but is it a crime? That's the issue. The problem is, I mean, I would hope that they wouldn't punish it very much, or if at all, because it's kind of uh, impossible for the law to distinguish that. But that would be for someone for the, that would be something for the people deciding to, to make up their minds about in terms of prosecuting or sentencing, if it's de minimis or whatever it is, if it was a neighbor. But I just feel like that what kind of the, the, if we carry this to its logical conclusion, we're kind of saying that everybody's house is open to like, you know, checking, you can go in there, check it out, walk around as long as you don't take anything. And that can't, that can't possibly be. Yeah. But right, now, you know, no, in my, my opinion, but but no, right, my, so, doors are, my doors yeah. are my, my doors are locked. I mean, my door is yeah. closed, but the front door is shut. Well, I don't want to, we're talking about an open door. The door is locked open. But a lot of neighborhoods. And not everything that is frowned upon is illegal. Right? Double dipping a chip is frowned upon, but it's not illegal. So, yeah, you, it would be terrible to for you to walk into your neighbor's house just because he left can't it unlocked. You, can't you shoot? Can't you, hold on. Can't you shoot an intruder in some states just for them walking in? In Georgia, in fact, um, you, can shoot, you, can. you can shoot someone who's making a forcible entry into your home. So a forcible entry would be your neighbor says, not if they, uh, you know, your neighbor in the middle of the night hears you bashing down his door with a crowbar. Yeah, you can kill him. Um, but here, you, you're talking about just walking in an open door. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. And the final law, because this is, and this is the final law I think that we're, we're going to need. And it's not, it's not looking good for the um, McMichaels right now. I'm going to say that. Um, uh, carrying in possession of a firearm, any person who is not prohibited by law from possessing a handgun or a long gun, 
may have or carry on his person or possession uh, a weapon without a valid carry license, provided that if the gun is loaded, it shall only be carried in an open and fully exposed manner. Does that mean that um, if someone's going to go on, a, on, a, on an authorized, a valid citizen's arrest, which it really beginning to sound like this wasn't, if someone goes on a valid citizen's arrest, they can carry their rifle with them as long as they don't point it at somebody. Is that what that means? Yeah, you, you're talking. Sometimes you have to point the weapon at someone for it to be aggravated assault, but sometimes just gesturing it to it, saying something like, I'll kill you or I'll hurt you. Georgia's really weird. We have armed robbery cases where people don't have a gun, but they cock their hip out like they have a gun, and that is held to be the same as actually possessing a weapon. So if you are carrying a weapon and approaching somebody and telling him to stop, and he reasonably thinks, hmm, this guy might be about to shoot me, that could be an aggravated assault felony. And also, as you pointed out, you have misdemeanor pointing a gun too. So yeah, those can be crimes. And in Georgia, if somebody's committing a felony, especially a forcible felony, you typically have a right to even use deadly force to protect yourself. Are you saying that if if, um, if Arbery uh, if if Arbery reached his hand into his pocket, as Michael says, and as if to, as if to to touch a gun, that could matter here. You said if you cock your hip, if you if you if you, if you um, yeah, I, do I mean, a gesture as if you have a weapon. Yeah, I, I mean if it, I mean, Lord knows how many shoot from police. There are so many shoots from police officers yeah. where they say, "Oh yeah, the guy was reaching for his waistband. I had to shoot him." Which is weird to me why all these people without guns are reaching for their waistband. It seems like a mistake. Um, but yeah, if Arbery before these guys began what could be termed an aggravated assault, if he reached for his pocket or reached for his waist. Yeah, that could be potentially aggravated assault or could provide justification for a shoot. Um, there's a, have you seen this synced video on YouTube that has, that has a 911 call along the surveillance cameras playing alongside? Have you seen that? All right, so, so the what's, what's why next? they're showing that video of him in a white shirt when you're saying that's not from the same day. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, the white shirt is the same day. That, that, that video you see of him going to the construction is him, um, and that's him coming out. The day before, it's infrared, so, and I think someone said he was wearing, another person wearing a red shirt a week before that. Oh, so the red shirt was him. a week before? The family's identified that as him. I think that's what Noam was saying, that article he pulled up. But the family, the family's identified him in that house, yeah. for sure. I don't, think that, I don't think that's a debatable issue. And that's him coming out. But it looks like it's six minutes later, though, when you see him running down the road, according to what I'm According to this video, I'm not, I'm not telling you this is 100% accurate. This is what someone said. So I'm going to share one more screen just because it's interesting. I spent time doing it. Um, and then, and then uh, we can go to free-for-all conversation. This is the uh, Google satellite map of the, uh, the neighborhood. Can you guys see it? No, it's black. This is the site. This, that's the construction site. This is where Diego Perez lives when he went right right over there um it's possible this is a construction site but according to the google addresses it's this one but you know sometimes they get that wrong by house this is mcmichael house right here mm -hmm. so it's three houses away um this is the house where roddy lives that's the guy who was shooting the video it's coming this way and this where the x is this is where the shooting is except that they were they were coming down the road this way not going that way which means 
if you read the police report, he ran down this way, then Roddy maybe had him off and he ran down the other way. Then they ran up this way and somehow they turned around to get back facing this way. So it sounds like it was quite a chase. And I'm sure that I'm, I'm right about this because I, I went and I compared, this is the screen, there's so much about this story that just seems so hard to comprehend. Why does he keep going to this house? Why did he not steal anything? Why are they chasing him so much? What, like, it's, it's like it was de designed by an evil genius law professor as an impossible <laughs> hypothetical, you know? And then this, this, this poor guy gets killed. Um, so why don't we take it this way? If he gets acquitted, by the way, do you think it's felony murder for all of them or just, uh, just, the, dad, uh, just the son? Zimmerman, oh. what do you think? All of them. And if, if they oh, were to get it, so what's the felony that they would uh, all come under? Assault? Aggravated assault. Aggravated assault. And, you, and what, what would the uh, crime be? What would they get? Uh, well, someone died as a result, result of an aggravated assault, a felony murder. I mean, listen, it could be a malice murder. If you're telling me they're chasing him and, and back and forth like that to catch him, I mean, potentially, I mean, listen, they'll indict it for malice murder. I mean, that, that happens all the time. They always overcharge cases. I think it's a mistake, but they'll overcharge it so they can get them on something. And, and, if, and if, they get, if they were to get acquitted, would the following things have to fall in line? It would have to be a criminal trespassing. It would have to be within his Im Im immediate knowledge. And he would have had to have not have pointed the gun prior to the shooting. The, all, all three things would be necessary to get acquitted, correct? No, I think no. I think I think the problem is is that I think if it's a criminal trespass, that's worse for the defense because you know it has to be some reasonable force. I mean, think about it. And you can't use deadly force in a citizen's arrest unless it's self-defense. Oh, well, that's right. I, I'm sorry. I was assuming that that if you could get that far, I thought I said he didn't point because if he didn't point the gun, then the, then when Aubrey seems to grab the gun at that point, I figure self-defense would kick in if they're on if they're on firm ground up until then which seems almost impossible from what you're telling me but at that point if you've done nothing wrong and the guy comes and grabs the, your your rifle it seems like then he's the he's the aggressor and you and you if you shoot him you're not a murderer i mean is that really the problem the citizens arrest when someone's not wearing a uniform how does Arby know who these guys are and why they're trying to yeah well that's why the law that's why the law is absolutely absurd i mean just absolutely right. Maybe from the time of the 1950s, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously it's from 1868 or 1863, but I mean, here's a guy running. Maybe he thinks there's two white guys trying to hunt him down because he's in the wrong neighborhood and he's afraid for his life. Isn't Maybe it so obvious else. that that's what it is? I mean, to no, me, it's not, that, it's so not obvious, it's not that, that obvious that's to what me. it is. To me, nothing's I, I, ever obvious. So to me, the way these guys win is probably not in front of a jury. So they're going to go in front of a county judge. They're going to ask for immunity. That judge gets to hear all the facts, make his own decision well before trial. Um, and that judge could go ahead and acquit them before trial in a way that's almost impossible to reverse. So if they win, that's probably how they win. And then you have riots, right? Well, I mean, I don't know what you have. You certainly have a lot of people mad at Brunswick County. But, you know, judges who are about to retire, especially, and there are some older ones in Brunswick, you know, they, they might be inclined to go ahead and grant the immunity motion because they know the guy or because they feel like he did the right thing, even if maybe all the elements don't line up exactly. You know, it's, it is what it is. This is a guy who worked in that district attorney's office for 20-some years, uh, even though he didn't have his proper post certification. He was acting as an investigator for an office, even though he couldn't deliver subpoenas or make arrests like he was supposed to be able to. 
And there was this huge embarrassing thing about it. Um, they let them, they let them get by with that. It's, you know, that's just kind of how things are. Not that they're bad people, but they just know the guy. Um, and they trust him. So yeah, he, they, they can win the way. And, and also bear in mind that the burden is beyond a reasonable doubt. So he raises the affirmative defense. He says the affirmative defense of this guy was committing a burglary. I'm going to say he was there to steal stuff. That's what I reasonably thought. Well, then it's the state's job to disprove beyond a reasonable doubt that belief, that, that reasonable belief that this guy had been committing a burglary and that he was running from it. Citizen's arrest, is it, is it a reasonable belief sufficient or you have to be right or the citizen's arrest is invalid? Well, you, the citizen's arrest law itself, you have to be right. But Georgia has a separate defense. It's called mistake of fact. So if you reasonably believe something to be true, even if it's not, you get the benefit of that doubt. Um, like, for instance, I come to your house in the middle of the night. I brought you a bouquet of cookies. Hooray, you shoot me. Okay, you made a mistake. I wasn't committing a forcible felony, but you sure had a good reason. So, yeah, it's not impossible for them to win. And if I were their lawyer, that would be my angle. I would say either this guy was committing a burglary or they made a reasonable mistake of fact that he was. Um, and then they were entitled to chase him. And then once he grabbed the gun, as you said, they committed no prior aggravated assault. Well, at that point, they had the right to a deadly response. Now, I don't agree that that's true, but it's not impossible for them to win. So you're saying if they reasonably believed that it was a burglary, they would have a legal right to chase him? There's a citizen's arrest that you said, give chase if it's a felony. It's immediate, immediate presence is hard to get past. That's the big issue, right? Because they didn't actually see him go in. Mm -hmm. uh, or, or as far as I can tell. So maybe that element keeps them from winning, but that would be their best shot. That's what I would try. I think the burglary is complicated by the fact that uh, he's been in there so many times and didn't take anything. It's like at this point, they, they're kind of on notice that the guy doesn't, doesn't seem to take anything. The hard part's a burglary. I think, let's pretend there's a burglary, right? They can't use force. I mean, they, if they use some sort of reasonable force, they can't Taking a gun and pointing someone—that's—that's that's a pretty high level of use of force, right? No, but, you, no, but that's not—that's that, not—that's a fact not in record that they pointed it at him. I haven't, that's not even on the video, as far as I've seen. They had, like, I mean, if if I think if they pointed it at him, then they definitely lose. But it, it doesn't look like they're pointing it at him, does it? You look at that video. Yeah, I, I haven't been sure about it. I I, I don't think right. it's impossible for them to win. I think they have a they have a shot at it, and there's going to be judges and jurors who are sympathetic to their point of view. So you know, bear in mind, it's not just whether it's, I mean, you can have an acquittal even if the jury thinks the person did it as long as there's a reasonable doubt, right? I think, you know, what I don't like about the video is afterwards, I feel like, I guess that's Travis McMichael. It looks like he just shoots him and just sort of lets him, walks away from him like he's just a, a dog. Now, like no, at least in those, those few seconds, no emotion. Oh my God, <clears throat> I killed some guy or he's on the ground. No one's over there trying to help him. He just walks away with a gun like he just, really just shot a deer and it's like his a trophy. I'm not saying that's what it is. I just don't, as a defense lawyer, I, I would say, man, I hate the way that looks. How do we make that look yeah. better for us? Jesus, what a case. Do you, do you all predict, you predict a, a, um, a guilty verdict or a guilty decision, I gather? I'm not in the business of predicting verdicts. Um, I can tell you this, they have some of the finest lawyers in the country. Those are all four of those lawyers are my dear friends. And they're great lawyers. And they're going to work hard, and they're going to do what's right and fight for their clients. And they got great lawyers to help them. If I, if I was a defense attorney, I'm, I might, um, I might rail against the law. You know, in other words, what I would say is, I know this is is horrible. I know you don't think this is the kind of thing that should happen, but the law created this mechanism of citizens' arrest, and you can see the you can see the language itself. It says offense it doesn't say felony and 
Um, and if and if the law created this mechanism, then my client had a right to avail himself of it. And as we know here in Georgia, we're allowed to take our guns wherever we want, whenever we want. We take that's that's this is our civil right, and I don't have to give up my civil right uh, to if I want to go chase somebody who's uh, trespassed in my house. And uh, and if you don't like it, you should change the law. But don't blame my client for for acting legally under a, under a law that you don't like. That, that that kind of thing. What I do think, where I disagree with the attorneys, even though I have no right to, is this thing about criminal trespass. I just feel like, and even and even the citizens of the rest, I just feel like if a guy's been out in and out three four times, and we've seen him on on camera. And then I see him and I've been chased and I've chased him once before. I, I really feel like it's gonna take an extremely technical mind to say, well, you, you still, even though you saw the video and you saw him three times, this particular time, you didn't have immediate knowledge of this thing. He was pretty certain of what, of what was going I'm on. Yeah, go ahead. No, I see where you're coming from. Uh, I, I can see where that might, I mean, that's the sort of thing, I mean, juries nullify all the time nullifying meaning that they don't follow the law as it's written and they could certainly do that in this case so you guys are the best guests we've ever had and this, this is the first time we've ever had technical problems and i just want to apologize it's, it's not our, i hope you guys will come come back in the future and i, hope, and I, I appreciate you for not getting impatient because it's it's a little frustrating go ahead dan this uh, just something i'm a little bit not clear on so we talk we keep talking about criminal trespass if it's not criminal trespass under the statute then what is it, a completely non-event? In other words, if I go on your lawn, you don't tell me to get off your lawn, you don't tell me anything, you're not even home. I go on your lawn, then I leave your lawn. I don't commit any crime or anything unlawful while I'm there. That is, there's zero offense of any kind, is that correct? Legally. There's zero, there's zero misdemeanors or felonies. It might violate some local ordinance, but I feel pretty confident it's not a misdemeanor or a felony. Therefore, the, the, at that point, any citizen's arrest law would just not apply at all under any circumstances. I mean, if, yeah, it's, no, non, no, no, if it's a non-crime, if it's a neither misdemeanor nor felony, citizen's arrest statute has nothing to do with it. Well, no, I was going to say, I mean, we're getting hung up with this criminal trespass. I mean, I think, I think if it's just a criminal trespass, that's a problem for the defense. I mean, isn't it? Why? I mean, how do they... Well, I mean, how do they, how are they, if it's a criminal trespass, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's just a misdemeanor. You already, they've already called 911 a couple times before, it sounds like, so they know they call the police. So here they are taking the law into their own hands, trying to, and if we follow what Noam's saying, if that's what happened, how they sort of boxed him in, I mean, you know, and, and they have firearms, just, just the fact if you have, a, even if you have a firearm holstered, police routinely use firearms just holstered as a show of force, right? A cop has a gun. Or if you have a gun pointed down, that doesn't, that's still a use of force, just a different level of force. There's the force continuum. Even chasing, some states consider chasing a, a level of force. Well, I'm, I'm yeah, assuming for the sake of this argument that they had the guns with them but didn't point them. If I, like I said, I think if they pointed them, they're, they're, they're going to fry. Um, I did find an Illinois case which had a similar law where I think I sent it to you, and, and the, um, the Illinois case says that uh, uh, in a citizen's arrest, you can even stop a vehicle and detain people. You know, didn't say yeah. <laughs> so there is, there is some precedent. I, I mean, like, I was taking it from a different angle. If, if I were in that situation, somebody kept going in my house and I, care, and I can't catch him, 
and I almost got him and I chased him out and he comes back and I said to my lawyer friend, what can I do here? Am I, am I allowed to do anything myself here? Because the cops, by the time, time the cops get here, I'm never going to get him. He's out before, 911 is just futile. And my lawyer said, well, you can make a citizen's arrest. Ah, well, can I bring my gun with me? And he says, in Georgia, you can bring your gun wherever you want. You know, that, that I can see that, you know, like, oh, okay, you know, I'm a crazy, I'm a crazy lunatic. I'm going to go chasing this guy, take my gun and chase this guy for trespassing. My lawyer told me it's legal. What, what, what bum advice has my lawyer given me? That's, that's a big one. You just can't chase for a misdemeanor. And there's actually a Supreme Court of Georgia case I cited in that article where this guy wants an instruction on citizen's arrest because he chased some guy down with a baseball bat for burglarizing his home. Supreme Court of Georgia said, no, nah, that's never going to be okay. You can't chase somebody down with a baseball bat because you think you burgled your, your home. I read that and I, and I didn't agree with you for some reason, or I thought it wasn't, I thought that it was, it, was, it, was, it wasn't exactly on point. I just don't understand how you go from this guy who is on this property to getting murdered and like these, I mean, isn't that at the end of the day really what the conversation is? Like, this innocent guy who got gunned down by these two like vigilante citizens, like what what are they doing? Like who asked them to do that? Like why why is that even like remotely in a universe that that's okay? Andrew, do you think yeah. there's a possibility of a defensive accident? No, I think it would be a mistake to raise. Um, first off, you have to say that you were not committing any crime at all, and the, the gun kind of went off. Now maybe you could you could try for like um, a pointing a gun involuntary or reckless conduct involuntary, but for here I don't think you can say that it was purely accidental because you would have to show that you're committing no crime at all. You might not even get the instruction. But one thing that gets lost in all this, nobody ever takes perspective. What are Arbery's self-defense rights under this? Let's assume he's gone to look at a house. He hasn't committed a crime. He's running down the street. Some guys come up to him and tell him to freeze, and they've got weapons, and maybe they're even a little bit intimidating. Does he have the right to use deadly force and potentially to kill both men? I think if you're anybody who cares about the right of self-defense, you want him to have that right. Um, yeah. I feel like it's a little bit lost. Oftentimes we forget the perspective of the person who's dead because we can't hear from them. Right. Is, 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 um, is uh, it relevant what was said, what words were said? You said, he said freeze. Uh, did he say freeze or you're, is that a supposition? He said something like, stop. His version of the events in the police report was something like, I asked him to politely stop. That's not really shown in the video. But, you know, if somebody comes up to you and they're, even if they're not pointing a gun at you and they say, hey, give me your right. wallet or stop right there, right. you could reasonably perceive, hey, man, this guy's going to shoot me if I don't do what he wants. Totally. Like, why does Arbery even have well, to but look Andrew, But, Andrew, there's right. that Patel case right. in Georgia where, where similar, he totally got a halt. He was watching him go into a... Uh, Different. I guess he had a store, and they're going into an, a, an outer part of the of it, on his property, and he shot the guy dead because he wouldn't halt, and he was convicted of murder. Right, Mr. Fleischman. Can I tell you why I didn't agree with you about Carter versus State? I don't want to get too boring, but just this. It says I'm reading from the case. Even though slight evidence is enough to justify giving the jury charge, we conclude there was not sufficient evidentiary support in this case to warrant the trial court's charge on citizen's arrest. And here's the, the key part. I think. Although a private person may make a citizen's arrest under, it gives the, the statute, only force that is reasonable under the circumstance may be used to restrain the individual arrested. But they will say, we didn't use the guns. We carried our guns with us in case we needed them to protect ourselves because I saw the dude reach into his waist 
the first time I got him. So I, I wasn't using my gun. The last thing I wanted to do was use my gun, but I brought it with me just in case. I'm not that. So I don't, that's why I say using a gun, yes, but it doesn't say that you can't have the gun in Georgia. I mean, I don't know Georgia, but it seems to me everything I do know about Georgia, they regard carrying a gun like, you know, free speech. What, 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 if, let's put it, what if we just set aside this as arrest? What if these guys are defense and if it adds up, what if they just want to go talk to him and see why he kept going in and out of the home and they had no intent to make a citizen's arrest? And then to them, Arby ran at the guy who had a gun. He wasn't pointing the gun at him. And that's why the gun, you know, he shot him because then he was afraid for his life. I mean, I think, I think you can't still come up, I think you still come up against the law of assault because they put him in reasonable fear of being shot, one would argue. Do you, of do you, course. Well, you're asking me a possible defense. I mean, we keep harping on the citizen's arrest. Maybe they weren't trying to arrest them. Maybe they're okay, but even, right. But, but what about the assault, uh, the assault, uh, you know, uh, charge? Uh, what about the notion that he put Arbery in reasonable fear of being harmed? Is there any defense to that? You would have to say that well, his fear was unreasonable, that he responded instinctively, maybe because he felt bad, and that he was going for the gun and acting crazy. I, I don't agree with that, but that's what I would say if I were his lawyer. It would seem like if two guys are chasing you in a car and are armed, and we don't know exactly what was said, it's a pretty good case for being in a reasonable apprehension of physical harm. I mean, he well, was I mean, I No, no me. But, but no, you showed us that whole Google map thing. Are you sure? I mean, is that, do we know that, that they chased him that way and boxed him in back and forth? Is that absolute? Well, I'm, okay, this is what I, that's, so uh, I, I, I tried to piece it together from the police report. And he says, um, McMichael, McMichael stated he and Travis got in the truck and drove down Satilla Drive towards Buford, Burford, which is here. When they arrived at the intersection of Satilla Drive, and Holmes Drive here, they saw an unidentified male running down Burford Drive. Michael then stated Travis started uh, down Burford and attempted to cut the male off. So he's now, he's now he's already on Burford. The unidentified male turned around and began running back in the direction from which he came, and Roddy, that's the guy who took the video, attempted to block him, which was unsuccessful. Michael stated then he jumped in the bed of the truck, and he and Travis, he and Travis continued to Holmes in an attempt to intercept him. So now maybe they went to Holmes, maybe they went around up this way, around Jones Road and, and back down. I didn't have the whole map to see if they actually intersect, but they looked like they did. But somehow he was riding down these streets and wound up on this street facing this way, which is what appears south. It's not quite south, but so that's quite a, you know, he, he changing directions. And then this guy's coming from this side. This dude must have been terrified. I'm talking about Arbery and then you know, the, the tragedy here is if you look at this, it's such an open field. Like, why didn't he why run this way? Why didn't he run that way, you know? What, and it's such a, a kind of like a bravery, maybe born out of panic or something to chase, go right to the guy who has the gun when you have all this open play. And the guy's not even in the car anymore. So, you know, he, he's not going to chase you in the car. It's just, it's just, it's, it's so tragic in that way. Even if he did it, I mean, even, even if he, bur let, let's not forget that even if it was a burglary, so what? You know, I mean, who, I know a million people who've done shit like that. It's not, it's not, it might give them justification under the law, but it's not like that's a major crime where you say, well, you know, justice was done. The, the burglar got it. Nobody wants to see a burglar, especially a kid, shot. 
So I mean, this guy sounds like he was just being like gunned down by like four or five, like how many fucking people? I mean, that's part of that's part of the, the, the spark that lit this fire when people see this video. It's terribly sad. But, you know, as lawyers, especially criminal defense lawyers, and we've represented some great people and some not so great people and innocent people and guilty people, we try to get it in the light of, you know, and we talk to our clients. Maybe these guys are saying that's not what really happened here. And that's why I'm always hesitant to say this guy's guilty or innocent because I don't, it's not my case. I've had plenty of cases where I look at it from the outside and I start digging in and like, man, this is this guy's innocent and I can't believe nobody knows about these facts. So I'm very hesitant hesitant to start saying, yeah, definitely this is what it shows and we put this together. I, I, I don't know that, but it certainly doesn't look great. Uh, imagine in Israel, just for a second, <laughs> a, a, uh, a Palestinian is accused of murdering an Israeli. And the Israelis say, well, you know, they, they, they terrorists all the time. And, and, and we would look at that and say, wait a second, you can't assume that this Palestinian guy did all, you know, we, we would see it immediately. You can't. Well, certainly I don't think it's relevant unless McMichael's have in their history that they've gone after other minorities, specifically black men. I don't think it's relevant to point the finger and say, this is Georgia. Look what happened. It happened again here. Put them away. I don't, I would think that'd be highly objectionable. Hope Andrew would agree with that. Um, so, well, is it relevant? <laughs> wait, wait, Andrew, Andrew looks like he doesn't doesn't totally agree. Come on, Andrew. Well, you know what sticks in my craw in this case. You know, I think if they'd made an arrest that day, this wouldn't be a national story. The thing is, these guys weren't treated like anybody else gets treated in our system. Yeah. If you see you armed men and one unarmed man on the ground, maybe they got an affirmative defense. You leave that for the courts to, to figure out. I one of my exoneries. This guy Kelvin Bradley is a great guy. A woman, a crack dealer, was running people down with her car at a funeral, and he shot and killed her, saving lots of people's lives. And he was arrested that day. He did five years in prison before he got a competent lawyer, and I was able to get him out. And the way he was treated as a, a licensed security guard with a concealed carry permit making a good shoot is not the way these men were treated under these very suspicious circumstances. So I see yeah. that. I see what my client looks like and what these guys look like and what that county looks like. Yeah, And I can't help but feel some unfairness there. So it's not just about the shoot. It's about their treatment. Now, if you want to treat everybody like the McMichaels, if everybody gets two months out and some time to talk and work it out before they're arrested, that's a fine system. But if we single them out for good treatment, it's because our government is saying that what they did is more laudable than the other people we arrested. And that's yeah. the racism. I would, I would agree with you 100%. And there's no question. Right. A hundred. Right, I agree 110% with that as well. I'm, I'm talking about in court during a trial will be relevant to bringing historical racism in the South. I don't know if that itself, unless I can point to McMichael's racism historically. That's yeah, all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't and think obviously, you can separate the two. I mean, to, uh, I don't yeah. think you can separate a culture. Terriel, when you put somebody in jail or give them the electric chair, you have to prove what they did, not what other people who look like so, them have done. They period. killed Arbery. There's no, question, there's no question that they got a sweetheart treatment from this corrupt legal uh, law. law I, mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty obvious, right? Um, well, but I, as far, I, mean, I, just, I hope so. I, I'm actually surprised in, in this day and age that what I'm saying is even controversial, which is simply that you have to prove it based on evidence of what he did. That's all I'm saying. It's like that, that's, 
that shouldn't be a, a, a controversial thing. I don't want anybody convicting me of anything based on what other Jews have done. If God forbid I'm, I'm misfortunate to be born into a, a, a family of terrorists, I still want them to prove I did it and not be able to say that my family is terrorists. You know, it, it's, it's a recipe for, for injustice. Well, here, I'll give you a better example. God forbid I kill somebody in self-defense and people will say, hey, George Zimmerman killed Trayvon Martin. Hey, I, did no, <laughs> I am not related to him whatsoever at all. And people have made comments even in this case. I hate that guy because he ruined my family's name. Okay? He doesn't even look like a white Hispanic to me. <laughs> well, Zimmerman is uh, a common enough name that your name is not ruined because there's other Zimmermans out there. But if your name were Madoff and the only Madoff that anybody's ever heard of is Bernie, then you'd be in trouble. Luckily, but there's yeah. other Zimmermans. Like, for example... When, when, when OJ got arrested, Homer Simpson was really upset. <laughs> I... I, I um, I associate you more with uh, Bob Dylan than hey, with uh, Bob Zimmerman. Ah. He, he's a Zimmerman too, of course. Uh, Robert Zimmerman of, uh, of uh, Hibbing, uh, Minnesota. And then, of course, there was the Zimmerman note from World War I, you might remember from your history class, where they tried to get Mexico on the, Germany tried to get Mexico uh, to attack the United States. And Germany promised Mexico territory. Anyway, there's others in last, last licks. Uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to vote uh, um, uh, guilty based on, on what the attorneys have told me about the, uh, the the various laws. It seems like a tough hurdle. What what do you uh, you guys want to predict? Are you allowed to predict as as lawyers? Well, I'm not gonna predict. Those are my dear friends that are representing them, and I I I think uh, it's a terrible case all around. It's a tragedy. Nobody should ever die. This is awful. It's a tough case. I don't know all the facts is all I'm saying. Okay? I'm sure there's more facts to come out that may be helpful. It's too early. I mean, I know you don't try the cases uh, in the media or on Zoom. I mean, I know we can have our fun, but this is real we are, life. We, are, we actually are trying the case on Zoom right now. It's We're easy. trying the case. That is, this is a mock trial on yeah, Zoom. Something else, might, something else might come up. And, what else but, might come up? What, what could possibly come up? that like they're an, an innocent man got gunned down and murdered, I mean, basically hunted down. And- Many things have come up. Probably things that I can't even think of. Will they? I, my guess is that so- far, come up that he stole something. Who cares? Right, well, we know there's already, we already know there's already a potential witness out there that left a note, right? That now they're looking for him. Someone left a note at the crime no, scene. No, I, I saw a headline that, that it was just somebody, they found a person and it was just uh, someone who was sad for him. Like, uh, yeah. And who cares <laughs> even if he did steal something? Who gives a shit? How is that relevant? Well, then something well it means that their citizen's arrest is more likely to be okay. So, yeah, you prove the burglary, you prove he actually took something, which is enough for burglary. It's intent to, to steal. And you prove he was running from it, so they had the right to hem him in. And you prove they didn't point the guns at him. And you prove that he reached for the gun and they feared for their life. Okay. You hit right, that exact then, sequence. Then we didn't talk about this and this is the last thing because this, this is my thing. What about the fact, now it doesn't, it doesn't, may not fit into the law, but just as um, something to grapple with, doesn't it help them that they kept calling 911? I mean, obviously if you're calling 911, you're not intending to shoot the guy. And also if you, he was running down the road, if you wait till he gets to you and actually let him to get upon you and grab your gun, rather than shoot him 10 feet away, it all goes, to, in my mind, to the fact that it doesn't seem like 
they were looking to shoot him down. They just were stupid. They put him in, they just created a terribly dangerous situation. Well, I don't can, know I, can I tell you the best piece of evidence, in my opinion? Yeah. The, the fact that Brian filmed the whole thing. These guys, these aren't like youngsters on TikTok or Snapchat filming crazy stuff. These are these are older men. One's a law enforcement, law enforcement. Why would you video something if your intent was to do some real harm? And you know, it was going to become, you know, someone's going to uncover that. And he gave it to the police illegally. That's a good fact. And, and why would you call nine one one on your way to a murder? Well, and I'm adding that to the fact. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Notion that they were hunting, they hunted them down like animals, is is a difficult one to get behind. But that they committed aggravated assault, and in the course of that felony, somebody died, I think it's, from what we know, a, a reasonable um, theory. And perhaps the one that um, I'll predict, given what we know, that's the theory that will win in court. But maybe something will come out that um, that negates that. Maybe they'll cut a deal. Maybe, maybe the kid will cut a deal and take 20 years so his dad could be let go, right? I mean, that may happen. So there's certainly a... Possibility of a reduced uh, plea deal here. I think that's actually the way this most likely shakes out because you can't be sure what the jury is going to do. You don't have the victim's testimony, right? Victims never testify in murder trials. And so you have basically a little uncertainty. Cobb County is a great office and they win a lot of cases, but I could see them offering something less than life. And I think I could see somebody jumping at that. I don't think they'll get life. I find it hard to believe that it would get life. Well, felony, murder, felony, murder, felony murder conviction carries life in prison automatically. Can, can I throw this into the mix? Because I don't, I don't friggin' understand Georgia. Look at this headline. Pulling out a gun during a dispute would be legal under this proposal. Georgia senators are pursuing a bill that would make it legal to brandish a gun during a dispute, what kind of what kind of crazy people? They want to make it legal to take out your gun when you're having an argument. Yeah, because in Georgia, um, if you just sort of just have your gun at your hip and sort of move, like Andrew sort of saying before, it could be armed robbery. You sort of move towards somebody and you have your gun, like, hey, what's up? They get charged with aggravated assault. Because, I mean, it's kind of brandishing. It could be a higher level of that. So I think the <laughs> our legislators and their not infinite wisdom are trying to fix that. I think they should just leave it as is. I see. No, I mean, the gun laws in this country full stop are just a nightmare. So, Periel, before we go, will you acknowledge in any way no. that the fact that no. the fact that the fact that they called 911 and the fact that there's a history of calling 911 and trying to get this guy to stop, does that in any way? Uh, make you uh, lower what you think their intention was? Or, or does you, 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 you think that um, a guy who would just set out to murder somebody would do those things? I think that if that guy, if Arbery were white, I think that he would be alive right now. I don't think they would have ever called 911. I don't think they would have chased him down. I don't oh, think- That's fine. You can, I, I'm asking you, I have, that's, not, that's, that's, a, that's not an answer to my question, it obviously. Is. No, I don't. So maybe, it doesn't, no, it doesn't change. It doesn't change what I think. Okay, I, I think, <laughs> go ahead. No, I'm saying I think, and I think I've been thinking about that a lot. I think that's where the racial bias and subconscious racism comes in. Potentially, would they have chased down a white guy? Of course you know, not. Or, right. I, I mean that. No. I mean I'm not, I don't want. I don't know these guys, but I would. The way it plays out, I feel like 
was a white guy, they probably would just call the police. But here, this is young black man. They feel like they have power over him. I think that's where a lot of the racial tensions coming in. And then you have the shooting, obviously. They wouldn't. I, I, not agree, done that I would agree, but it's just a guess. I mean, it seems you know, it, it it feels right, which is dangerous. But it feels right that they that they wouldn't have chased him uh, if it were not a been a black guy from from out not in their neighborhood and and you know but having that is not to say that they chased him intending to go to jail or get arrested I mean, it's not like they knew that they'd just be able to shoot this guy in the street and nothing would happen to them well, and why would they and why would they call him happen to them nothing happened to them for two months yes but they didn't they couldn't they couldn't count on him grabbing their gun to give them uh, that that excuse to shoot them. It was a and chance they were willing I, to take. I find that hard to believe. I find it hard. To, go ahead, Andrew. McMichael's was operating without his post certification, which lets him be a police officer for like fourteen years as part of this office, and he kind of knew the limits of what he should and shouldn't do. But you're right. The calling the nine one one says, you know, it, it cuts one way, but it also cuts the other. Maybe they were just wrong about the law. They didn't know what the law was, and that's never a defense in Georgia. That's what that's I think most likely. I, I think that, that they were wrong about the law. I mean, you, based on what you guys are telling me, they were wrong about the law. Well, well it'd, be for, it'd be hard for it'd be hard for Greg. be hard for Greg and Michael to say he's wrong about the law, considering he spent a long time in the district attorney's office. Yeah, but we so don't know. I mean, we're just we're just opining here. We're not. We these are allegations, and we don't know what happened. No, this is actually so. the real case. Okay, we're gonna we have. So, what do you want to ask about comedy? We have five minutes. Well, listen, I'm, 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 I'm like uh, shocked that I'm here talking to you, and uh, you know, it's this is, uh, this, I can't believe you want to actually talk about the law. <laughs> and I'm not so unfunny. I, well, Dan's a real comedian. Go ahead. No, no, I'm, um, no, I'm is a comedy club owner, but he's an accidental comedy club owner. Well, most comedy club owners have had an interest in comedy. Uh, the, the owner of Broadway Comedy Club, Al Martin, was a comic. Chris Mazzilli did comedy. The owner of Gotham. The owners of the stands have been comedy fans for a long time. They had a website about it. Noam tripped and fell into a comedy club. So he really has thank no association with comedy. He's a musician. Thank, and thank, he likes thank comedy. Thank your dad, Noam. What's that? His thank dad you. tripped and fell into it, too. He was not a dad. comedy fan either. Yes. But your dad was a musician, though. He was a musician, and, and he had a basement. He had some real estate that somebody wanted to make a club in. So neither of them are necessarily comedy super fans. They just happen to own a comedy club. That's why no, I, look, I went to law school and I, and I, and I loved law school. I mean, this, this, what we're doing now is exactly what you do in law school. And I could do this all day. I hated the, the glimpse I got of the practice of law. And I think what you guys do is probably way more interesting, but like the corporate law, whatever. I just said, I said, no fucking way. I'm not going to be miserable my whole life. So I didn't do it. But this aspect of the law is, is really, really interesting to me. At some point, maybe I'd like to have uh, you guys on again because I, I'm also fascinated with the psychology of a defense attorney because, I, I mean, that's got to be, no matter what you guys say, there has to be certain times you're like, well, you know, what, what am I doing here? Um, and, that's, and that's, I always find really interesting. But Ariel, did you read my blog post I texted you? I read part of it. I didn't get through the whole thing. Give it to Noam. He'll know our psychology. Uh, the, well, the, yeah, I, yeah. Um, you know, Noam. No, no, didn't they film uh, Seinfeld film, film comedian at uh, Comedy Cellar? Yes, he did a lot, a lot of it, uh, a lot of it, and uh, of course Louis uh, as well. Yeah, well, we've been fortunate. I don't know. What, I don't know if we're ever going to open again. I, 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 Stop I, saying that. But I, I think we will. This is such a horrible time. 
when the um, uh, when, when the pandemic started, I w- went on Amazon Prime and spent like from like one a.m. till five a.m. watching old Carlin stand-ups. Oh, you're a real you're a real fan. Car- Carlin was fantastic. Yeah. Did you did you see? By the way, speaking of Amazon Prime, you should watch uh, uh, um, Contagion. Did you see this movie Contagion with Matt Damon? Yeah, I mean it's. Exactly. What happened? I watched it years ago. I don't want to watch it again. I'll the, die. The details are amazing. All right. Um, so, uh, guys, I hope I hope that you guys thought this was a, was a decent conversation. Uh, we're not a bunch of dummies. Uh, how do you guys know each other? Just uh, did you ever face each other on opposite ends? Opposite ends? So we're both on the same side. So Andrew works for a lawyer who's a dear friend of mine, and uh, so I'm the president of the George Association, as you said. Andrew was a chair of one of our committees on one of the appellate committees. So technically he works for me for the organization, but he's a super, he's a rising star and super brilliant. So we love and, him. And I'm looking at the last names and I'm wondering to myself, if you live in Buckhead or Dunwoody. <laughs> Beautiful Decatur, Georgia. Uh, I, there's nobody else famous here except uh, Childish Gambino. That's, that's the other guy from here. So there you have it. Decatur, that's that's, not that's a good one to have. That's a great you. one to have. I live in Marietta, which is famous for hanging Leo Frank years ago. He's a Jewish uh, And Julia Roberts. And David Cross. Yeah. You, got a, yeah. you got a comedy background there. You got David Cross in Marietta, Georgia. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, so there, there you have it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Neither of you are from Atlanta. Okay. And neither of you have Southern accents. I gather that you're not, are you lifelong Georgians or um, not lifelong Georgians? I was born in Providence, but I moved to Miami when I was six, which Miami's New York, New York South, as you know. Uh-huh. And Andrew? I'm, also, I'm, a, I'm a lifelong Georgian. Uh, my wife is from Cairo, Georgia, which is more Southern than you can imagine, but nobody has an accent. I cannot explain it. Just well, the accent, the Southern accent I read might disappear one day. It's sort of uh, an endangered species. It's With rare the, and rare. You know, maybe Jews, are, maybe Jews have antibodies against it. It's like uh, <laughs> no, no, I think that people in so like if we know our our dear friend Robert Kelly is from Boston and has the thickest Boston accent you ever could imagine, and um, John Fish is from outside of Boston, just outside of Boston. He's from Newton and has no accent, no Boston accent whatsoever. So different people have different. I, I don't know how that works, but some it people might be a Jewish that. thing. No, I think. Well, it, I think it's my, a socioeconomic thing, to be honest. Well, my, my wife is an Italian Catholic, just so you know. Her parents are from New York. She grew up, she was born here in Atlanta. She does not sound like she's from Georgia, but her sister, who was born here also, it sounds like she's from the from Georgia, a very Southern accent. I, same parents, same house, so who knows why. Well, it seems to me, Friends, if you're going to be from the South, there's no point unless you sound Southern, like that like that fellow on the 911 uh, uh, tape. That was a Southerner. Yeah, yeah, some central casting. There we go right now. All right, so listen, I, 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 my goal here is to come up one day to New York and we go have some pizza somewhere in Johnson Bleecker Street and we'll go to the Comedy Cellar and watch Dave Chappelle, maybe? I would love that. I'd love to hang out with you. plan on Chappelle being there. And any, you can keep going again and again and again. And if you go enough times, Chappelle will probably show up eventually, but you can't count on it on any given time. But I, I usually get a heads up from, from Mustafa. Anyway, um, we, we got to wrap it up. I, I will, if the connection is beautiful now, just our luck. But um, Periel, if you send me the, the uh, files, I will um, edit out the, 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 uh, te- the tedious part. Okay. I'm so, going to send you two video files because we got kicked off at one point. Or I okay, did anyway. Do you guys go. have, where, where can everybody find you if they want to find you guys? Andrew? In trouble with the law, you know? 
Uh, I'm all over Twitter under AS Fleischman. Um, I write sometimes for like Slate or ArcDigi, like this one. Um, I also used to write for a blog called Fault Lines. And also, you know, I work at Rostin Pines. We do good work. If you know someone who's convicted of a horrible crime, please come by. We're happy to help out. Even if you're so guilty. You're still entitled to a defense, <laughs> and Andrew will be right there. If, if, you're guilty, yeah, if you're guilty or innocent, come to me. Go to my website, AtlantaNotGuilty.com. And we love but even representing if you are every, guilty, every Even if you are guilty, you can call that number. If, you're, if you are guilty, that. definitely call me. If you're, every, we take everybody. Guilty, not guilty. Remember, even if you're guilty, you, can, you, can, you still need a guy to make sure that you, get, you don't get too many years in prison. She or you don't get the chair. Or no, or no years in prison. Or no years in prison. What did you say, Andrew? There's, not, there's nothing worse than an innocent client. You just have to stay up all night. You got to worry about the case. You know, if, <laughs> if you don't win, you feel terrible. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, no, that's, that's the truth. I'd rather represent someone guilty all day because it's very stressful and you really believe someone's innocent. You know they're innocent. It's very, you can't sleep. You can't eat. You, you lose hours and, and days and months fighting for that. It's actually quite interesting. Can I ask a question? Is there, is there like someone who you morally or ethically wouldn't represent or is it like you have to represent whoever because that's your job? Well, I mean, I'm a private attorney, so I have my own practice and I, I try not to have a high caseload. So, I mean, I try and very lucky a lot of people come to me at this point in my career. So I try to pick and choose certain cases, but I represent all types of people. I mean, I've represented a neo-Nazi. I've represented a convicted al-Qaeda terrorist. My cousin died in 9-11. Wow. So, well, this guy, this guy wasn't involved in 9-11, but my point is, I can't, I don't condone what these people do. We don't, I don't agree with crime. I don't like crime. I have nothing to do with crime. But everyone has a right to us represent them. And there are plenty of people that come to me in case it look bad, and we tear it apart, and they're not as bad as it seems on the outside, and, and things change. And I think everybody deserves a right to have a good, competent lawyer to help them, that's how things should ultimately work. Obviously, in our system of justice, we know that if you're a minority and you're, or you're poor, things don't necessarily work out for you because you may not be able to afford a good lawyer. And those yeah. things have to change. You know, everyone should be treated equally, and I hope we can work harder to make that happen. Oh, that's good. That's a good last question. If this does get before a jury, there will, it will not be an all-white jury, will it? I don't know. Glenn uh, County sort of mixed up a little bit. I think they do have a fairly decent um, African American population, but the over the other side of the bridge, St. Simons and Jekyll Island, is a fairly wealthy white population. I think it's two thirds <laughs> African American. I looked at the, the demographic. Right. Well, any so defense worth this salt will be able to, you know, get as many people he thinks will be sympathetic as possible on that jury. You can't yeah, strike people so just based on a color. No, but it'll I think it's sympathetic, which may or may not have to do with color, as right. the case may be. It'll be the opposite of your typical case. In this case, you'll have prosecutors seeking to have black jurors and uh, defense attorneys seeking not to. But Batson applies even to defense attorneys. So the state can start objecting. If you're striking every black juror as a defense attorney, the state can say, no, that's screwed up. Put that guy back on. I think you're just doing it out of racism. And there's a whole well, procedure. If I was a prosecutor, I would want Perry L. Ashenbrand on my jury. Because <laughs> her mind is made up and will, would never, it seems to me, Perry L., that you would not listen to any evidence 
exculpatory evidence. That's of not stuff. true. That's not true. <laughs> oh, we gotta go. We're, we're, we're being, we're over, we're, they're okay. being very polite and we're over, we're keeping them, we're overstaying our welcome. So, over, so, I'll, listen, I'll talk to you for another, I'll, I'll talk to you for another two hours. I've been locked up in my house for eight weeks. Well, dude, right. then, then come on, then come on the next, the next time we do a legal thing, come on the, the, be, our, be, be part of the family because we need a good legal. Uh, we're going to put you guys on retainer. Sure. All righty. Like I said, I'm just good on New York pizza alone, okay? Very special episode of Live on the Table. Be safe. Oh, goodbye, Dan. Be safe, everybody. Be safe. Good night. Bye. And if you Thanks. have questions, you can email us where? Podcast at ComedySeller.com. And you can follow us on okay. Instagram at Live from the Table. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Cheers, y'all. Pleasure. It got better since Dan left. Okay, bye, bye, bye. Bye.